gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of the Tags Bros Podcast. Yeah, welcome. The, the Tag Team Podcast. Yeah, welcome to Tag Team. Uh, I'm Johnny Tartaglione. I'm Tony Tags, but also known as Anthony Tartaglione. So uh, we kind of sound like we're from New Jersey, but uh, we have lived in North Carolina most of our lives the past 15, 16 years. This dickhead with me says he's always from Jersey, says he was born in Jersey, Jersey but Bruce he doesn't know jack shit about Jersey. I'll let you tell him where he's from, but I was I was actually born in Jersey. I lived there for six months, nine months. I don't know shit about it, and you know I've been in North Carolina ever since. Yeah, so obviously we're brothers, share the same parents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I uh, I currently go to Syracuse University in upstate New York. Uh, go Orange. Um, so I'm studying broadcasting digital digital journalism out there. You know, this podcast is obviously another avenue for that. It's fun. You know, it's something that we wanted to do for a while now. You know, obviously, Brothers works out. It's fun. So we wanted to bring you guys some entertainment. Uh, So pretty much what we want to do with our podcast is bring you guys a sports entertainment podcast, something that you guys can go to every week to get a laugh out of, but also get some information that you can take in and, you know, remember. And, you know, I just hope you guys want to join this travel and travel along us with us on this journey because I think it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, so basically, I I go to school in South Carolina. I'm complete opposite side of the, you know, weather wise from him, and I like being in the South. He doesn't agree. He wants to build his Jersey slash bull, bull New York shit. No, his no, bull slash shit. New York roots. But um, so we're gonna go ahead and just kick it off. You know who we are. For those of you who know, we're very energetic brothers, and we kind of go off of each other. So hopefully, you ride with us and see throughout the next couple months weeks years however long we do this for and yeah let's just enjoy the ride so we want to kick it off on our favorite topic and talk about the new york knicks we could be uh, very heated about this every year they give us a little bit of hope and they just strip that from us the past five years six years seven years seven actually years. since we've been born they have sucked yeah they we made had, they made the title the year you were born um, yeah. against the Spurs as the eight seed and they actually lost but since then that's the only type of Knicks success we've had except for Jeremy Lin maybe Lin Sanity Lin Sanity was probably the greatest thing as a Knicks fan I've seen it's been from highs to lows and I gotta say the lowest point in my career as a Knicks fan may have been when they drafted Porzingis I'm not gonna lie we come off that year. I wanted to draft the shit out of Julio Oak for, and he goes number two, number three, whatever he went. And I was like, all right. And Daniel then we Russell took, in that draft, too. He went yeah, number two to the Lakers. We take, we take Tengus Pengus, and I had the same reaction as Rappaport did. Who's this motherfucker? Like, who's, you know, that was kind of my reaction. That's, that's my You motherfucker, <laughs> you! I'd have to say that was probably my lowest Who point the as fuck? a nice. Who the fuck is Tingus Pingus? Tingus Pingus. Yeah, but, well, you know, that actually turned out pretty well, and we got some hope with him, and then we pulled that shit back in, what, 2018, and Trading. shipped him off to, to Dallas. Dallas, and, you know, we get solid players like, uh, like who'd we get, Trey Burke? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not shitting on Michigan fans or anything, but, you know, Trey Burke obviously didn't work out, got a couple of draft picks from it, but... You know, what are you going to do? You ship off a... Hey, Emmanuel Quickly's doing pretty good. I just got to say, that's the Dallas pick. Okay, let me say this. Let me just get into this year and the game last night and how the Knicks have been playing this year because it's been a damn roller coaster with this team. The Knicks have been an up and down team. But hold on, before we even get into Knicks, we got to preface this. We are New York sports fans through and through, except for me. 
I am the one odd ball player when it comes to MLB baseball. I am a Cardinals fan. But we are Giants, Rangers, and Knicks fans wholeheartedly. But when it comes to baseball, Johnny is a Mets fan and I'm a Cardinals yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm a stupid-ass Mets fan. You know, usually it's Knicks, Rangers, Giants, and Yankees. And for some reason, I fucked up and I'm a Mets fan. But, you know, we'll get to that on the day. We'll talk baseball kind of closer when the season comes around. But, but I just wanted excited. to preface that. Very excited for baseball this year, by the way. But we'll go back to the Knicks and just talking about their season. And I would have to say our start was slow per usual. I expected to be the second to worst team in the NBA besides the Cleveland Cavaliers. Shout out Colin Sexton. They're having an amazing year on their end. And everybody's been very impressed by what they've been able to do. And they've kicked the shit out of the Nets in two games. Not, I wouldn't say kicked the shit out of, but they took them to overtime and Colin Sexton just became the GOAT in overtime, scoring like 20 points between the two. But other than that, I would have to say I've actually been fairly impressed with how the Knicks have played this year with all the young talent that they have. And they've just been very streaky. They'll they'll win a couple in a row, then they'll lose five in a row, and then they win a big game. And just for instance, we go on this Western, we go out West on a four-game road trip, and we kick it off with a win against Golden State. And it's like, holy shit, this team, you know, that kicks back to 500 and we're and we're back into it. And we're just looking we're looking pretty good. Our young guys are developing except for Obi. Obi Toppin missed a good, I don't know, what he missed like 10 games in a row, yeah, you'd say. He hasn't even gotten the chance. I was going to talk about Toppin. We haven't even gotten to see any of him yet. We've gotten to see a little flashes with some highlight plays he's made, especially that one against Golden State that dunk was pretty nasty. But um we really haven't seen the much out of Toppin. It's been all it's been the quickly show on the rookie end. But you see these streaks the Knicks are going on. These three game droughts and then three in a row and then they win a big game against they had a big game against Golden State. They won another big game against uh uh New York or Brooklyn. No, they, no, they, so I just want to take it back to this. We we start off the season slow, per usual. Right? And then we get back. So what day did the season start exactly? I don't even remember what um I don't even remember what day it was, but I remember we come out, I think it was against the Pacers we started, we came out, got the shit kicked out of us, we get the shit kicked out of us against the 76ers, and then our first win of the year, I believe, actually came, I want to say it came against the Bucks, and that was just amazing, we beat the shit out of the Bucks, and it was like, what are the Knicks do? what are the Knicks up to right now, and then we won back-to-back games, we come out, we beat the Cavs, which... Early in the year was expected. You know, you hadn't really heard about Colin Sexton much. And, yeah, we just go on a stretch. We were 2-2, two and two, and then and then we come out. We have a good win against the Pacers, good win against the Hawks. We had a really good three-game stretch back in the beginning of January. We beat the Pacers, the Hawks, and the Jazz, all in back-to-back-to-back games. And for all of you NBA fans out there, those are three really good playoff teams. I know the Pacers were had a big trade right before that. But the Hawks, obviously, uh, up-and-coming team, and the Jazz are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And then, again, we go on a losing streak. We lose to some bad teams. And then we come out on a Sunday-Monday back-to-back. I remember it was MLK Day. We beat the Celtics by, like, 30. And it was like, oh, my God. In regards, they didn't have Jason Tatum, but we just played as efficient as a young team could play, and it was amazing. And then we beat the Magic on MLK Day, and then we started the road trip. We beat the Warriors, and now we're on another losing streak. We lost to the Kings, the Blazers, and the Jazz. So that's a little 
you know, a little wind up of what we've been through as Knicks fans this season. Uh, you got any input on how? Yeah, this Tom, Thib- going? Tom Thibodeau with the team is just. I, I like him. I like the efficiency he brings. You know, I like the energy the team's been bringing to the court. It's nice to see them actually hustle for plays. You know, no offense, no offense to to Woody, but it's just the team didn't have hustle last year. The team didn't want to win. It seemed like that. You know, all these guys were on one year contracts, team deals, player or team options. Most of the guys had one year deals, so you knew the team was playing for relatively nothing because they were all going to be on team deals, which is what relatively happened. The Knicks got rid of six players as soon as the offseason started, but. You go back and you look at you look at what he's done with his team. This is a young team. You see these streaks. You know you see these three game droughts. You know it's because of the fact that they don't know yet. They don't. They, they haven't learned to to group together yet. They haven't figured it out yet. So they go on these droughts because they can't build off of it yet. They're too young. The team is the t- average team age is like twenty four. Except for when we ta- when we signed Todd Gibson, we j- re signed Todd Gibson. We jumped the team age up like two or three years because of how young our team is and. You know, you look at you look at where our future is building. You know, I think Julius Randle's finally becoming that centerpiece that we've been looking for him to be for these past two years under this contract. I think he's finally stepping it up and taking that role. And I think us signing Austin Rivers was the greatest thing we could have ever done. You look at Austin Rivers' numbers this year. He dropped twenty five points last night against Utah. I mean, that's pretty dang impressive. In one half, ten, in uh, one ten, half, ten of ten yeah. shooting, five five from three, and then obviously he, you know, in the most Nick way possible, he looks terrible in the second half. But you, you know. Continue on with what That's saying. just how it works. But you see these flashes of these players that want to do big things for New York, and it's just nice to see life. And, you know, RJ made a great point in the beginning of the year about players coming to the Garden and wanting to win. It's actually advantaged. Because having coronavirus is an advantage to the Knicks this year because players aren't coming to the Garden with fans, so they aren't trying to put on as much of a show. So when players come to the Garden, they always want to play well. You know, they always want to sit there, drop 50 like Curry did, you know, like like Kobe did. You know, like everybody has these big games in the Garden to kind of statute their careers and make them look huge because they had a big game in the Garden against the Knicks. And it's obviously the Knicks being the most valuable franchise in the NBA. People want to do it. And this year, no fans. So people want to, people want to go in there and they don't, they don't care as much because they're not in front of the MSG crowd. They're not in front of the New Yorkers. They're in front of everybody that, that is in the organization. They're in front of staff and trainers and stuff. So it's not that big of a deal to them. It's just another game. So RJ said it's a pretty big advantage. And I would have to agree. And I would like to see that, you know, the Knicks have had a little bit more home success than they have away. You know, they went on, they're on out West right now. They've lost three straight out West. So obviously they're struggling a little bit being out there. You know, I think that big winning against Golden State may have put a little bit of a high head over their team to think, hey, we beat Golden State in Golden State. This West trip's going to go well, well, wake up call, boom, you've lost three straight. What's going on now? So you look at it in the picture of things. I think the Knicks are off to a great start. I think they have a great chance to look at a playoff run, but I think it's just going to take down to what Thibodeau can do with these young guys and what he can do with Randall making him the centerpiece in the team. And I think if he figures that out, if he truly can sit there and he can figure out that synergetic relationship between the team, the Knicks have a good shot at finishing around 500 this year. So you talked about Julius Randall, how he's really, how he's been much improved this year. What do you think of his play overall? Do you think he's going to continue this throughout the season or do you think it's going to be like, a Jeremy Lin where he plays well for a two-week period. Everyone's all over him, most approved player, blah, 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 blah. Again, it's Tom, 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 Tom. It's all going to go up to whether Thibodeau can sit there and make his young guys work well with Ju- – Randall's the veteran on that team if you look at it. I mean, I know Todd Gibson's on the team, but you look at Randall. He is the – and he's only, what, 28? No, I think he's like 26. 26. I don't know. Yeah, and he's the veteran on that team. So you got to look at it and you got to say, wow, 
he's the guy that we're trying to build with these young guys, which is crazy. So you think that the relationship would be similar. You know, you get that young guy flow, you get that energy. So, I mean, you got to see, I think, honest to God, it's going to have to come with building quickly into a centerpiece point guard. And quickly has looked much better than Toppin. I know Toppin sat out for a couple games and it's tough to get in as rook, but quickly's come in and uh, besides shot one, he shot he, one for he 11. Last awful. Night. He walked off. Shot one for 11. Yeah, but that's part of being a rookie though. Yeah. You, you, you have consistency and then you have inconsistent. You're just very inconsistent as a rookie, but you have a couple games where you look like you're gaining consistency. And that's what matters is that if he has a couple games in a row where he looks good, that's what you want to see from a fan. From the standpoint of a fan. Quickly is the and, best looking rookie on the Knicks since Porzingis and since Hardaway Jr., uh, I would say. Well, I think RJ got snubbed last year out of the all-rookie team. All, I think he came back motivated because he got snubbed off that team, which is why he's come back. He's shooting a little bit better this year. Some of his shots, he still has games where he shoots 1 of 10. And as a Knicks fan, you're just like, holy fuck, I could shoot the ball better than him. But it just comes, <laughs> yeah, it just comes with looks. Look, I, I've been a basketball player my whole life, and I watch NBA games, and it frustrates me to see guys just have mental collapses on the court. And that's kind of what happened in the Knicks last night. I'll dive into this a little bit. You're playing against Utah. Utah's the hottest team in the NBA. We beat them in early January, and Utah's not lost a game since the Knicks beat them. In the game the Knicks beat them, Austin Rivers went off in the game. And then all of a sudden, Austin Rivers comes out, and it's like, holy fuck, he just lost playing the Jazz. He's... He's a stud. He's the next MJ against the Jazz. You know, just joke there. But still, we come out and we're up 13 at halftime. And when you're up 13 at halftime, you got to realize what you've done right in the game and some adjustments that you can make. And Utah made all the adjustments at the half. The Knicks came out and they got obliterated on the three-point line. They shit the bet on defense. They didn't know what they were doing. And it was part of the old Knicks that just makes me regret growing up a New York sports fan because it's been miserable for so long. It's, so it's, I, I don't know if you watched the game last night, but it's, you just look at their offense, and their offense is – they can't make stagnant. shots. It's sometimes. very stagnant. They can't make shots. And when they can't make shots, they force shit up, and it just looks awful. Well, that's, that's why when, quickly shot one well, of that, 11. That's when night. Randall goes into meatball. And when, when you get Randall in meatball mode, unless he's hitting, it's awful. It's it wasn't terrible. even it's, Randall in meatball last night. Their offense was I know, just terrible. But what I'm saying is, is that if it gets that bad, that's the problem. You lose three games straight like they did now, and you're still forcing up shots. Randall's eventually going to say, hey, look, I'm taking this meatball. So let me tell you, like my, he did favorite, last my favorite part about this team, though, and last night they looked soft, and that was one of the few times this year where they just it looked yeah, the like Blazers they, game was miserable to watch. No, too. but but look, the thing this is what this is my takeaway from the Blazer game. They're down twenty five in the third quarter, and when you're an, an NBA team and you're down twenty five in the third quarter, you just lay down because you're like, damn it, we got to play again in two days. We're down twenty five. Who the hell cares? You're gonna lay down, but they didn't. You see the end of that game? They lost by three points. Game. So, funny point about this game. Now, I'm not going to say I'm a sports better, but, you know, I look at lines, and this was a bad beat in the fucking game. And let me tell you, any Portland better wanted to kill themselves. Any the, line, <laughs> the, the line is fucking four points. Portland's favored by four. They're up 25 in the third quarter. Most betters are like, all right, cash imagine in. if you Turn got, the game off. Cash imagine, it in. Um, cash it in. Lock it in. Imagine if you got a fucking 14 you're parlay. You're already ordering. You're already ordering your next thing on Amazon. You, dude. You're not you, even waiting for the bookie to got, pay you at that point. You got 14 parlay. You're already spending the money. 14 parlay. That's the last light because it's the last game of the night. And, and they, let me tell you how this blocks a 24 point Let lead. me tell you. Not only do they blow a 25 point lead against the Knicks, Ugh. they don't even cover. And so this is how the game ended. It's a three-point game, whatnot. And the Knicks foul Lillard with about four seconds left in the game. Lillard goes to the line, drills both free throws. So Portland's covering. You're up five. 
with four seconds left. Most NBA players throw the ball and dribble out the clock because what are you doing? But no, we got a manual quickly, all-out hustle play. Goes the length of the floor, three seconds, throws down a dunk at the buzzer. <laughs> Knicks lose by three. All-time bad beat. But let me tell you, if you bet Knicks plus four, you're a winner. You're jumping you're for joy. Jumping, yeah, you Knicks. wake up in the morning, you got a little stiffy going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because you're like, holy shit, Knicks backdoor cover. Let me tell you but, something. Let me tell you something. Hypothetically, when it comes to sports betting, it's a bitch. Okay? It hurts. Hypothetically speaking. But it's always a fun time. And for people who – that's that right there is the definition. You know, Scott Van Pelt does his bad beats. That's, that's the definition of it. Just so how about this? Knicks plus 15,000 to win the title. You all over that or what? Oh. <laughs> I think it's a lock. I think Randall's going to Hypothetically speaking, mode. Knicks to win the title plus 15,000. If I have 10 bucks, what does it hurt? So my favorite moment as a Knicks fan had to have been when Mario Hazonia – Dunks all over Giannis and steps over him. Mm-hmm. That may have had that had to have been the greatest moment mm-hmm. as a Knicks fan. Then Arizona, just where watching. Is, where is Mario? At? Is he still in Portland? I don't know. I think he's with Portland. Is he still out? In Portland? I wanted Melo back, dude. Melo, Melo was gonna come back, but too bad the Knicks are a disgrace of a franchise. What's he doing in Portland? And cannot sell anything. Well, he's doing pretty good. I mean, I don't know what his stats are this year, but I mean, he's just probably a role player out there. Doing his business. Portland, Portland's pretty terrible this year, aren't they, though? No, no. Portland's having a good year. They're, they're the four seed in the West. Oh, yeah. Hey, you've been paying attention to some NBA, dickhead. <laughs> no, no, I just haven't been paying attention to Portland. No, well, they lost C.J. McCollum, and that's going to hurt them. But, you know, back to the Knicks. I, I want to – I'm a little bit delayed on this topic. But back to when RJ said that, you know, them not having fans is an advantage to them. I think – I'm not going to call him an idiot, but I, I don't think I can agree with that point. Because the the Knicks have, you know, this season's a little bit different. It's only 72 games. But usually 82 games, you have 41 games in front of that crowd. And I feel like that's so much more of a boost than not having them at all. When you're when you're a Knicks player and you come out and play in front of that MSG crowd, it has to be energizing. I've been, to Garden, I, I, I've been to Garden many a times. Every time you go, it's rocking. No matter how I went shitty to a we Wen- are. I went to a Wednesday night game when the Knicks were like 4-18. and Against 18. the Suns. No, it was against, no, this is against the Hornets. This is last year against the Hornets. And uh, Jeremy Lamb ended up hitting a buzzer beater to win 104-103 against the Knicks. But when that, when that buzzer beater was about to happen, before he shot it, the Garden was electric. But then when he hit it, everybody was pissing and moaning and then walked home and... It was yeah, but it's typical Knicks fashion. But I've been to four games in the Garden. The Knicks are on four. That goes to tell you what's going on with me. Well, every time I go to the Garden. I've never seen a Nick win in the Garden. Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, I'm going to speak from high school basketball experience. Goddamn high school. We fucking sucked. But even every <laughs> game every game we came out and the crowd's there, you know, there's probably, what, like fucking 200 people? I was out there people. getting lit. You know, I was out yeah, there. It's, it's fun. It's When you have the crowd there, it's just better. And I'll never forget this game. We were, we were going up and against an opponent, and they were supposed to shit all over us. And we go out there, and the crowd's there at the beginning of the game, and we're in the game. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the third quarter, they all just dipped out. And I was like, on the court, I was like, yo, what the fuck? We just lost all of our momentum. And that's it. That We ended up losing the game by 15. And the, I just feel like the crowd has a lot to play and a lot more in play in basketball than it does in most other sports. I highly so I feel like RJ's point about the fans not being there in advantage. I call kind of bullshit on that. I just feel like they. I feel like the fans being there, especially when the Knicks are good, I feel like it's just that much more of a boost for the team. 
And they're looking decent this year. I think they're what? No, RJ was saying no fans was a boost. Oh. Yeah. No, you're saying. No, no, no. RJ was saying no fans is a boost. It's a boost because opposing players aren't trying to play. Yeah, but I feel like they, yeah, but they had the crowd for 41 games. They only had to play. You know, I feel like if Kevin Durant comes into the garden, he's dropping 40 anyways because the Knicks defense is fucking sucking. Well, he's dropping 40 because he's Kevin Durant. He's not dropping 40 because it's the Knicks. Knicks That's what I'm saying. The Knicks are sitting at 8 and 11, and they've gotten those eight wins because those are the games in which they play defense. And they they haven't played defense in ages. And last night, they're playing Utah, and they let up 46 points at halftime, and they're like, all right, this is a very winnable game. And then in the second half, they just went limp dick on defense and And let up every They let up so many – they let up wide open threes. And it was like, Bogdanovich, you want a three? Here you go. Ingles, you want a three? Here you go. Oh, Mike Conley, you want a three too? It was Oprah defense in the second half. Donovan Mitchell had six fucking points at the half. I don't know what he ended with, but it seemed like every possession he had a wide open look from the top of the key. And Randall was a lazy ass closing out. It was like, oh, let me just throw my hand up and hope it. These are NBA shooters. Yeah. Close out, big man. Yeah, you're right. All right. My closing statement on the Knicks is this. I will say that I am excited for the future, but yet I don't know. It all depends on how Tom deals with the rookies and how Tom can make Julius Randall a synergetic centerpiece. To do, you, do you regret taking Toppin in the first round? I do not. Not yet, because I think he's still hurt and he still has a lot of potential to show. And I saw some flashy dunks, and I think that there's potential there. But I, just I think, think it's going to be a little dunks. bit... I think it's going to be a little bit of a longer build than quickly. I think quickly is going to be more of an immediate play, but I think that Toppin... Halliburton looks good, though. Yeah? Halliburton fell all the way back to the Kings at 11. That was a steal. The Knicks needed point guard... And look, I'm happy with what they got with Quickly. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm very happy with what Quickly's done so far. He looked like garbage last night. I could have guarded him. He still would have missed. But I want to see a little more out of top and pretty soon because with NBA rookies nowadays, you just have to come in ready to play. You, you It's not like you come in and you're like, oh, I got to go develop. Like You better be ready to play and ready to go. Exactly. So I hope we start to see that from Toppin. And I have some hopes. I really love Thibodeau, but... 8 and 11, they're doing expanded playoffs with playoff games in the NBA. And I either hope the Knicks shit the bed and end up – I can't even say I hope they shit the bed because if they shit the bed, I'm not even guaranteed the number one pick yeah. because we got fucked yeah. two years ago with Zion. We ended up getting RJ. You know, I wanted John Morant. John Morant is by far looking like the best player from that draft class. And that, although, be it, Zion was hurt most of last year. But RJ, it's like those – it's those two – on another level, and then it's like RJ, and then it's everybody else in that draft class is absolutely sucked ass. Yeah, I I agree with you. I can't. I, don't, I can't. Who's the Who's the fourth pick? Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. I think Darius Garland, and then maybe DeAndre Hunter. I don't even remember that draft class that well. No, me neither. I'm not an NBA expert. I'm not like Washbomb Shams over here, but I'm just a Knicks fan who's been sad for a very long time. That's the our whole lives. We've never, we've never seen anything good. We get the fucking we get the two seed. Back in 2013, and Waxed we get, we by get the four to two in the second. Waxed by Lance although, Stevenson, although and Rudy Gobert. No, or not Rudy Gobert. Paul uh, George. No, no, Roy. Uh, Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert. Paul George is on that team. That was pre. Yeah, but pre injury, pre injury. Yeah. Paul George. He was electric that year. What are you talking about? Yeah, but so was Melo. Melo was also Mello electric. Was electric. Yeah. Iman Shumpert, Jr. Smith. Jr. Smith was electric. How about was... Ray, Raymond Felton? Raymond Felton. We actually had a true point guard then. Yeah, he was good. Landry Fields. What a team. We had Camby, Marcus Camby, Marcus Camby, that? Jeremy Lin. He was hurt though. Was Rasheed Wallace on that team? No, that was 2010. I want Stat, I, Stat was on that team too. We had Stat. For some reason, I want to say Rasheed Stat Wallace was on that team. Remember Chris Copeland? God. If you want to know you're a true Knicks fan, if you know Those who Chris, sh- if you know who Chris Copeland is, 
You're a true Knicks If you know fan. who Chris Copeland or Steve Novak or Landry Fields are, I feel like... Landry Fields was my favorite player. I was so sad when he left. Yeah. He went to the Raptors, yeah, and that was it. That was the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Well, that should do it for our Knicks segment. Uh, I guess it's time to do the ad reads. This, uh, this, this podcast is brought to you by Tony Tags and Johnny Tags. We, yeah. uh, we pay in full for this podcast. <laughs> if, you'd like to fill, if you'd like to fill your company name in this spot, please dial me up and reach my email that will be in the description of this podcast. So we do have ad read spots. But right now it's sponsored by Tony Tags and Johnny Tags. Yeah, please feel free to uh, reach out. This is the first episode, so we hope we hook you guys. We're going to have a lot more interesting topics to come in the future, but we kind of just want to take this episode to break you guys in and introduce you to ourselves. Talk a little on Knicks because that's comfortable, and then, yeah, we'll go from there. We have another segment coming up, so uh, stick with us. Welcome back to the Tag Team Podcast. I'm Anthony, and I'm joined here with my brother. Yep, here's Johnny. I was drinking my sweet tea. Sweet tea? Love sweet tea. You know, I'm from the North, but sweet tea is goaded. You're from the North, my ass, dude. I was born in Jersey. Like, okay, so you, you like, lived yeah. in there for the first six months. I've lived more in the North than you have. Yeah, but asshole, you say you're born in Jersey. You've never even lived in Jersey Yeah, in but here's, here's the thing. I have probably spent three times the New amount of York time- is way different than New Jersey. Come on. I don't even fucking live there, and I know that. Well, you got it, it's not even terrible. High taxes, expensive gas, expensive oh, food. Come on. I don't want to talk about politics. Shitty weather. This political, political free show. This is not political. This is the truth. I'm just saying. You're talking <laughs> about high taxes, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, I know. I know. South is better than the North. Listen, I can't. I still can't get into country music. And I think country music is ass cheeks. And I'm sorry. I'm going to receive hate messages for that from people that listen to this. But I've lived in the South for the past 16 years of my life. I can't get into the country music, especially the twangy shit. The twangy shit I can't do. See, this guy is sitting here talking the big talk. He's sitting here talking the big talk about how much he hates country music. But he has two, not one, but two VIP VIP tickets to the Carolina Country Music Festival. <laughs> listen, Carolina, I'm going. I'm going. Country listen, listen, music listen, listen, festival. Listen. He is bagging on country music, but he has two VIP. If you don't know what VIP means, is very important person. I didn't buy the goddamn tickets. Tickets to the Carolina Carolina Country Music Festival. Listen, with Bullshit. those tickets, I get free out. I never listen to country music. You could play so me a country music this... song. I couldn't tell you the name of it. I couldn't tell you the you artist. You could ask all my friends. They know. You have a thousand fucking dollar ticket, and it is fucking going. I don't know alcohol. how much it is. I didn't buy it. It's $1,000. I'm going for a good time. You're here for a good time, not a long time. I'm way up. I feel blessed. Carolina country. <laughs> I can't take country music. I'm going to the Carolina country music phase. Listen, I on, got invited to go. Boots and go. I got invited to go. So I will say this. This is a quick, interesting point before we get into our last segment. And I know I kind of got off track here. Well, this is the middle of the podcast. This is kind of where we shoot the shit. But I, I'm in, I go to school in Columbia, South Carolina. And I got a couple of good buddies down there, and we like to go out to the bars. We're all 21, just throwing that out there. We are legal. And they like to take me to this place called CWP, and which, is, which stands for Carolina Western Pub. And basically, they just play a bunch of country music at the bar. And, you know, instead of hood rap, it's country music. But I will say, I don't know any songs in there, but I just have a good time with my friends. I mean, sometimes I can vibe, but I just can't listen to country music. I just can't get into it personally but there are times where it's like okay it's on it, it is what it is yeah exactly 
but it's not my favorite. I prefer, you know, a little rap, a little pop. But we can say music for I'm, another segment. That I'm, could be I'm very versatile. When it comes to topic of music, I'm very versatile. I like to listen to a lot of things. A lot of things. Old music, new music, whatever. I'm, I'm very big. You're rolling up. You're big pimping into the high school parking lot with the windows. Oh like little. God. You go to school where we're at, so this is how you hold know on, 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 you're on, a douchebag. This back, is ultimate douchebag. Back this up. In North Carolina, it is very important for a dude to have a truck. Yes. If you're, a, if you're in high school, it's very important for a dude to have a truck. That is like the status quo of being badass in high school in North Carolina. So you know you're Small big town pimping. Carolina, you're big pimping if you got, you know, you look like the biggest fucking douchebag ever. But if you roll up to school and you got your windows a little bit cracked, you know, to where you could see the top of your head, you got the subs going. You got like young Dolph or some other shit playing. You don't even know what he's saying in this yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest... <laughs> That's water, ultimate douchebag. And then you roll out. All this water. <laughs> wearing the chains. You know. Let's say. As Italians and we wear chains. Well, we do look like thing. a bunch of douchebags. All right. So fun fact. This car, this truck is still sitting in the driveway. But we, we, we this next segment... This next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about our lives. We're going to get into the worst moments in high school sports. But before that, I want to preface with just a little bit of background about my high school. So currently, the whip that I drove in high school is still sitting in the driveway. And this asshole sitting to my left actually drives it. It's his daily driver now, which is funny because he doesn't want to upgrade his vehicle. That thing hauls ass. It is a 2005 Chevrolet Tahoe with 250,000 miles on it. But it has some beautiful Cockstar rims on it. If you don't know what Cockstar rims are, they are Rockstar rims. But I call them Cockstars because you look like a cocksucker when you drive them. <laughs> and they are – this thing is leaning, which means it's got a three-inch lift in the front, which is the truth. And it's, so it's leaning, and I've spent $300 to straight pipe exhaust. So this thing is literally the Top definition douchebag. of douchebag. Yeah, but you know what? The only thing I'm missing is the tinted windows. I'm driving in a fishbowl, and I, you know, the thing about you know looking a like a fishbowl is it's a wind, it's a car with no with no tint in the windows. Yeah, but I mean, people should know that already. Yeah, but uh, not, not everybody lives in the south. Yeah, you got okay, people who are listening to this in the north. I gotta say west. this. I gotta say this. Who knows what a fishbowl is? I drive a car that just screams dickhead, but then everybody can see me, so they know I'm the one driving it, which is terrible. So I really need to get the t- the windows tinted. You really should. I have the window. I have a 2013. Tahoe. I do have subs in there too. I got two 12 inch subs. Shit bumps. Let me tell you. I got a 2013 Tahoe, so a little bit newer than Johnny's, but I, I tinted that thing and it is smack. So but, if anyone but, has recommendations for newer cars that are fairly affordable, you know, throw them out there. I'm, I'm happy to hear them. <laughs> Good gas mileage. I'm tired of paying for gas. <laughs> yeah. Gas blows. Gas does blow. But back to what I was saying is that I used to drive this thing to school every morning. And I would come in. Just you know when Tony Tags is around the block. Yeah, exactly. You knew when I was whipping it. <laughs> and all the teachers in high school loved me. So it was like I had a free pass in high school. I could walk around the halls and be like, yo, what's up? What's up? I could call teachers by their first names. Everything was good. Like, I lived the life in high school. Except like, for the fact that this motherfucker was late every single day. Yeah, but nobody cared. Here's the thing. I was so on the good list that nobody cared. So... It was so fun driving that truck in high school. Now Johnny drives it. Still got the same exhaust. Still got the cock stars. Just no tint. But it is beautiful. So I just want to give you a little background about what I drove in high school. Johnny drove a now probably broken down 2008 Chevrolet Suburban. Old ass truck. So the story behind that is that (laughs) I'm driving my friends to the airport. I'm in my Suburban. And I'm sitting at a stoplight. 
And I see the dude next to me, and I'm like, all right, we're racing. Funniest shit ever. I punch it, my transmission blows. <laughs> on the spot, dude. On the spot. Blew out while I'm taking my friends to the airport. And yeah, my mom had to come pick us up. In the White Tahoe. <laughs> take us to the airport. So, yeah. But I kind of want to get back. I want to hear your worst high school memory, whether it's sports, anything. Just your worst. My high worst school high school memory. Yeah. It could be sports. We can keep it to sports. I, well, if you go normal, I have a couple good ones. Let's go to. Let's keep it sports, though. You want to go sports? God, we'll see, save. We'll save normal so you're for another tease time. The, the people are gonna be like, "Damn, I want to know what the I want to know what the real ones." That's are. fine. Well, I'll just have to come back. Yeah, and you'll just have to come back time. and listen to another time because guess what? My high school stories are fucking hilarious. So, do you want me to start off with with mine? No, uh, you I, ask me. You ask me. You ask me. I might as well go. All right. So. I played baseball. Let me just give you a preface of my high school sports. I played baseball my freshman year. I played basketball my sophomore year on the JV team. That was it. I didn't play anything else besides varsity golf from my sophomore year to my senior year of high school. So I played baseball freshman year, golf sophomore to senior year. And then I played basketball my sophomore year. And then for the six months, I played freshman football, which is the (laughs) funniest stories that I have ever seen besides the one I have from golf. So today I'm going to show you the golf stories. Eventually, maybe the football stories will come back out because the football stories are great. They are incredibly funny. But when I get to the golf story, so it's my junior year. So at this point, I'm getting better at golf, right? I'm getting a little bit better. Strokes are getting better. I'm probably shooting like 86, 87 at this point. I'm super excited. We get, to the, we get to the back nine of this intense match. I'm like six over at this point, right? I'm like six over. And I'm sitting there in the woods. My ball's in the woods. And I'm like, fuck. And I found it. And the guy walks up to me and he's like, all right, go ahead. So I go to hit it. And I hit it. And I hit it like left to the green. I was like, whatever. No big deal. Well, I walk up and I take one step, two step, <laughs> and I shit my pants. <laughs> Unreal. I'm in the middle of a good golf match. I'm six over right now in the back nine. So this, I'm in 70s watch. Like, I'm playing a pretty good match. Shit. <laughs> Pants. Underwear loaded. It's over. No bathroom in sight. So I played the rest of that round, and I shot 12 over. But it was so funny after the round because I had a shit skid down my leg crack. And everybody could see it. And fun fact of the story was is that I, I'm gonna have to jump in on this real quick. How, <laughs> how are you gonna be in the middle of a golf match? It's like, all right, this is kind of sketch, but I'm gonna let this fart loose anyways. How are you just gonna rip pass and take a chance like that? Because you gotta realize that that's probably not the brightest move. All right, well, if you don't know me, I don't have a very susceptible bowel system. It doesn't. It definitely has irritable bounce bowel system. Some sort of it. IBS for sure. Look, that may be some TMI, but I just want to say. That the amount of jokes that I received from that was incredible because they called me shit skid boy for the rest of the year. And um, <laughs> I ended up still shooting like 87 or something in that match. I, or 85 or something. I, I ended up still shooting pretty good. And that to me was the hardest I have ever laughed in my life because I just didn't know what to do. I was so embarrassed. But yet it was so funny because I couldn't believe I did it. 
in the middle of an intense golf match that it was just unbearably hilarious. And here's what here's here's my issue with telling that stories. That is pretty fucking embarrassing. Yeah, but here's my issue with telling stories is I go to tell stories and they're not as funny as they were in the moment. Like I'm thinking about the shit story. Yeah, it's funny I shit my pants in the golf course. But you had to be there to really see how funny it yeah, was. Yeah, you can't really get the full experience. I can't give you guys the there. capture through the podcast. But let me tell you something, dude. I have probably blown through at least, on the golf course, at least five pairs of underwear. I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> at God. least. Jesus Christ. It's bad. So that's my that's my my shittiest story of high school, I guess you could say. So, Actually, not really. <laughs> so we'll get, we got another story, but we'll get to that another day. But uh, I'll jump into my story. I can't say it's it's that entertaining. But mine was with basketball. So I'll throw it back to my senior year of basketball. And my team, we were not very good. We were okay. We lost probably like 10 games by five points or less. So we were just not clutch. We choked. We were fat chokers. So we're playing the top team in the conference. And we're expected to lose the game by like 20. We've gotten smacked by them every year. The line on the game was probably 22 and a half. We're talking about like a, like a Duke-Mercer matchup right here, right? So we're Mercer. We come in. We're fucking showing out. We're showing out for the, for the home crowd. And uh, so we're down one with about 50 seconds left in the game. This, is, this has got to be the worst basketball moment of my life. And all my friends can attest to it. Uh, they're kind of just passed the ball around because there's no fucking shot clock in high school, which is the dumbest shit ever because the game just goes super slow and they just, you know, if there's two minutes left and you're up five, they just pass around like it's a goddamn hot potato. <laughs> but anyways, so they're passing I around. Know, I never made Borsi. <laughs> and I will say this. My junior year is when I started to be able to dunk. And I would try to dunk and I could do it, but it wasn't very good. Like I could get up there, but it was tough. So my dumbass. In the end of this game, I get a steal. I got a fast break. Nobody in sight of me. This is to take the lead. We're down one. I go up to dunk. And then midair, I change my mind because I'm a dumbass. And I try to go for a layup. And in the process of going from dunk to layup, I somehow lost the ball. And the ball went out of bounds. And we lost the fucking game. And that's forever haunting me because I always wonder if I just grow a pair of balls and I decide to dunk it, I'm probably the goat. I'm probably the goat of Topsail High School if I throw that dunk down. But instead, I'm on the worst beats of all time and I just fumbled the that bag. That was a home game? Yeah, it was a home game. Oh. I, I fumbled the bag. I may as well have been Mark Sanchez fumbling, you know, the ball fumble. I was not there. That hurts. It was painful. Oh. It was very, very That's painful. brutal. And it sticks with me to this day. I know. You know how I know it sticks to you to this day? Because you never talk about it. You've never once said this story to me. Yeah. No, so I know it, it haunts it you. It sticks. And you know, I'm sorry. Not that high school matters anymore, but I just want to apologize for fumbling the fucking bag. To the whole 47 people that were in the student section. Yeah, probably, yeah. At Tam yeah. and <laughs> the whole front office up there at Topsail High School. It's all right. I blew the game. I take responsibility. But yeah, that's probably my worst well, sports story. I, I love- wasn't a very good athlete. I'm not. Ve- I'm not the most athletic guy there is. But I love the game of basketball. I'll talk basketball all day, and I'll play it. I love it. You know, I'm getting old. I know I'm getting old because I. I fucking. <laughs> I, I. I go to play at the church the other night with some buddies. If that ain't the. Oh, old- we're co- We're being COVID safe. We're wearing mask. I mean, we're supposed to wear mask on the chin, whatever. And I. I go up to dunk pregame. Pregame warmups. 
I go to dunk. I, my arm hits the rim. I throw it down, and a pain shoots right through my back. Oh. Yeah. You get old. It happens to me all the time. My muscles all jacked up. All jacked up. See, I need the Barnes Center at Syracuse to reopen. We need to get this shit together. We need to get this shit on lockdown. Oh, dude, when you go to hoop for the first time, you're going to be gasping. It's like you got sports-enthused <laughs> asthma. You haven't ran in so long. I'm in decent shape. I have not run. I'm in, Dude, I don't remember the last time I've run. I don't remember the last I'm time. I'm in decent shape. I go outside. I play basketball almost every day. I lift some weights sometimes. I don't lift very much. But I got out there the other night. In the first game, I was wheezing. I was like a 40-year smoker on the court. My lungs may have been filled with tar. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. But yeah. We definitely got to go back into a segment where we just do high school football because we have some great memories from that time period of our lives. It is high school football was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, let me tell you, I've never ran faster in my life than when I had pick six. We'll get in that story another day. <laughs> I, for those of you who know me, I'm slow as shit. I may as well race a fucking tortoise. Yeah, you might as well. I may as well. We're I'm, running I'm not much fa- I got a big ass, dude. I'm not much faster. I don't think you're fat. I think you're slower than me. Yeah, we raced on the beach last year, and my I lost. We're just slow. We're just slow brothers. The Tags bros are slow bros, dude. We are. But I hope you guys really did enjoy the first episode of the Tag Team Podcast. I, I had a lot of fun filming this. Yeah, please come back for more. We'll get into more uh, sporting subjects. If you guys want us to talk about anything in particular, hear our opinions let us know. Besides politics, we won't be talking yeah. politics. Let us know. Throw out throw out some topics for us to talk about. We'll go at it. Me and him can get in some heated discussions we do. sometimes. And I, I, I promise you, you want to be here for that because it's good. So give us some heavily debated topics. I, the problem is when it comes to debates like the Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, we're on the same page. When it comes to the greatest football player of all time, we're on the same page. Uh, some stuff, some shit gets chippy. Uh, I love to talk sports lines, though. I love hypothetical betting. Hypothetical betting is incredible. Incredible. <laughs> I've never lost a dime. It's all hypoth- all on paper. Uh, yeah, hypothetical. It's all good, though. Hypothetically speaking. You just speaking. have fun with it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that'll wrap it up for the first episode. We'll be back. Uh, please listen. And, uh, yeah. Stay tuned for the next one. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.